Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 90. Happy Independence Day. Hope you got your red, white, and blue on. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Today, I'll be speaking with none other than owner, founder, designer of Elevation Culture, Mr. Eric Chrisman. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often. And please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Trail Manners podcast. This is episode number 90. Uh, I'll be your host today, Eric Manning. Uh, Joel's having sitting this one out. Uh, we're doing one via telephone again um, because there's just too many cool people across the globe that we want to talk to. Uh, so without further ado, it's time to welcome our guest to the Trail Manners podcast. We want to welcome Eric Chrisman from San Diego, California. Eric, how's it going today? Good, man. Awesome. Here in now sunny San Diego. This morning it wasn't, but uh, yeah, it's looking to be an amazing day. See, and anytime I hear the word San Diego, the first thing that pops in my head is sun and beaches. So uh, for someone like me, I think you always have the sun. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We had that marine layer that kind of rolls in and then it kind of burns off. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit different if you're not, uh, you know, here every morning. So. Yeah. And we, you know, my, this is one of my favorite places to visit with my family. I mean, we try and get out there at least every couple of years and we've been blessed with good weather, but we've never come in the summer. It's always like, I don't know, November, December timeframe. Um, so it's not real warm, but it's still warmer than uh, Utah. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and, and again, I'm not from here, so uh, it's kind of new to me as well within the past four years. So so I guess that brings up some, where are you from originally then? Um, I'm actually from Northern California. Uh, I guess the best way to describe it would be the gateway of the Sequoias Okay, um, is where I grew up. And uh, I actually went to school near Yosemite, so it was kind of the best of the both worlds uh, in terms of, location um but i grew up in a, in a small farming town um there's nothing but cows and farm you know 90 percent of the food that's grown there is grown for the entire you know world and so it's a pretty desolate pace, place but at the same time you have these amazing mountain ranges you know within 30 minute driving range so um yeah that's that's where i grew up and um i've only moved to san diego i've been here for about four years now and uh you know, being in Northern California, you know, you, you get that uh, exposure to the mountains, which is amazing. And that's where, you know, my heart always laid. Um, growing up, we were always going and camping and just spending as much time as we can. And, uh, you know, my first passion really wasn't running. 
believe it or not. Um, I actually started out uh, playing soccer. Ah. And uh, it's funny, a lot of yeah, a lot of runners, right? What do they say? You know, I came from either like a soccer background or a hockey background. Yeah. And um, so anyways, that was my passion. I loved it. You know, I lived it and breathed it. I was out there all night long until, you know, my mom said, come inside. Right. <laughs> and uh, my dream was to be a professional soccer player. And uh, I got pretty close. Um, I actually played for the Olympic development team for a few years. And, uh, you know, things uh, went a different direction. I won't get into that story, but, uh, you know, it really uh, gave me that passion for running. Uh, it's something that we did tremendously, right? You know, you, you run like 8 to 10 miles a game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where, that's where it started. And, you know, then, you know, I kind of took a break. And just like a lot of uh, our friends and family got into running by – trying to either run to something or from something. Yeah. And so that was kind of <laughs> right how I got into it. And um, I, I really discovered the distances and it was more of a accomplished for me uh, accomplishment. And so it's like, all right, half marathon, marathon. And then I learned, hey, there's this thing called ultra marathon. And I actually did my first one was on a marathon course. And then they took you off on a trail for six miles to complete it. <laughs> so it was kind of different, but uh, I was hooked immediately and um, just kept going from there. And uh, I was actually uh, pretty fortunate uh, last year to complete the Tahoe 200 miler. So that's kind of where I stopped. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's quite the distance. And that's, you know, it's funny. I, I, I feel this cosmic connection now with you. I mean, me and Joel are, I mean, that was our life for so long with soccer and, kind of the same path played and played goal obviously be a professional soccer player but I'm I'm a little bit older so we didn't quite have the league set up when I was younger um, so it was always a dream yeah. it's kind of interesting though because when I played soccer I hated running like it was punishment <laughs> when you're growing up but when you're in a game and you're chasing a ball around you don't realize how far you run you know you just kind of go and go and go and uh it's it is interesting what you, your comment there of a lot of runners you see. I played field hockey or lacrosse or soccer growing mm -hmm. up, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun transition though. Yeah, no, definitely, and um, I still play now, but uh, it will always be there for sure as one of those first loves. So, yeah, I tried I tried that a few months ago because it's it's still. A love of mine. I love watching it, uh, being a part of it. And I got back into the indoor scene a few months ago and had some hamstring problems. So I quickly backed off. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, man. You got to be careful for sure. It, it, it's something that you haven't done in a while. Wow, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Even when you're quote unquote, there's no, I think when you come from that background and you say, I'm going to take it easy, there isn't such a thing. I think instinct and, and, and uh, love kicks in and you just play just the only way you know how. So yeah, definitely. So you mentioned uh, your trail running background and, you know, like we usually do on the show, we do our fair share of stocking, but, you know, I saw some uh, results as early as 2011. Did you start before 2011 or was that kind of when things started to kick off for you? Yeah, you know, 2010, I believe, was my first marathon uh, in Fresno, California, which is right there by Yosemite. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like I said, I immediately turned around that next year and did my first ultra, which was the same course. Um, and then I immediately turned around in three months and did my first 50 miler <laughs> in um, Catalina Island uh, called Avalon, yeah. which is an amazing island off of Long Beach. And, um, it was 
by far the most amazing experience I ever had because, you know, I came from an area that was relatively flat and not training for that type of, uh, you know, elevation gain was, was humbling. But at the same point in time, I was like, man, I, I got to find out what's next. And so I did. Right. And so it's like, all right, we have these hundred K's and we have these hundred milers. And, um, so I moved to San Diego, uh, like I alluded to about four years ago. And, uh, of course our big race here is San Diego 100. And, um, I actually didn't do that one first. Um, I ended up doing another local, um, hundred miler called Chimera. Um, it's, it's, it's a beast. Oh man. So my first one, right. Going into it, no crew, no pacers. I just really wanted to, you know, be within myself and, and, uh, kind of use everything I've gained since 2010, um, to, to complete it. And I did, and it was absolutely amazing. And so, um, it wasn't enough though. (laughs) Right. You know, I, I searched for that next thing and, um, luckily, you know, Candace, uh, has her 200 milers that came out and, um, I was super passionate. I actually paced a friend, uh, the previous year for about a hundred miles of it. And <laughs> it was the best experience of my life. Oh man. It was amazing. I wanted to go back immediately. So, um, that's where I got hooked. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I think that's the first time I've heard someone pace somebody for a hundred miles. You're right. Cause usually our pacing, Mm-hmm. Hundred mile race, but you, you know it's twenty miles, maybe fifty. Um, but so it is kind of fun to hear. Oh, I paced a hundred miles. Like that's 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 a legit <laughs> experience. Well, yeah, but it's a little bit different, right? Because you're there for you know, let's say three days, right? It takes the individual three days, and you're you're running for anywhere between I don't know forty miles, sixty miles, and then you know you go sleep for a little bit. You, you have some fun at the aid stations and then you go back out and you start pacing him again. <laughs> so it's just like a big kind of, I would say like a festival, right? Essentially is what it really is. A running festival is what I kind of like about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it immediately hooked me and, um, that's where I am today. And I, I'm so hooked on it that I, I really want to run it again this year as well as possibly Moab. So that's kind of where my passion is right now in terms of running. So, so you, and you're talking about the 200 milers, correct? When you're talking about this? Yes. So you did uh-huh. the Tahoe 200. That was last September, uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this is where I, I struggle, right? I mean, I've definitely looked at the 200 mile distance because it is, it's kind of that next thing, if you will. Um, but then I look at your time when, or times in general, but 91 hours, 42 minutes. That is, yeah. I can't even comprehend that, to be honest with you. That's, that's amazing. So, you know, we break that down just a little bit because I know there's people out there that are intrigued by that 200 mile distance. There's still not a ton of people that have done that uh, as far as, you know, the race circuit goes. Um, what's kind of the breakdown? How do you prepare for something like that? And, and what's, I mean, do you just take naps throughout the night, throughout the day, whenever you need them? How does that work? Yeah, you know, so it's a good story. I actually got chills right now when you just told me 91 hours because it brings back so many memories uh, immediately. But, um, you know, I had a race plan just like anybody else. Of course, it doesn't matter the distance. You always have those goals, right? And so, of course, like going in, I trained really well. I've actually put in 100-mile weeks for the first time ever. Um, You know, I did pretty much everything that I knew that I needed to do to complete it. And I felt confident going in strong. Uh, ready and you know things happen in a race and unfortunately when it's this distance 
it compounds, right? So, you know, when you say 91 hours, I look at that as a huge accomplishment. Um, it wasn't my goal by far. You know, I had 18 hours worth of unplanned aid station stuff. <laughs> Eight, um, 18 and hours. I guess that's 18 hours. And, uh, you know, you asked that question about sleeping and eating and really it's, it's a, you know, you ask a lot of people that's done them before and it's a long hike, you know, it's an adventure. And I maybe ran total of, I would say, um, 40, 50 miles of the 200 miler, um, you know, at a good pace. And the rest was really just, you know, grinding away. Um, so using tracking poles was actually one of the things I've never done before. And uh, I used it in the race and it was a lifesaver. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have to do it with some type of pull. Um, so that was that was definitely key. And going slow, really just enjoying it, knowing that you're going to be going through at least two, three nights. Um, and I plan not to sleep, right? And uh, that, that bit me pretty hard. Um, I'm pretty good about not sleeping. And uh, I found out quickly that, that that's not the case. <laughs> well, so... There's not a, I mean, there's more and more out there on the hundred mile distance. You know, if someone is interested in it or in, inquisitive, there's blogs, there's, you know, all kinds of stuff that they can look at, but it's still not like mainstream. So when you're jumping into that 200 mile distance, where did you get your beta from? Did you reach out to people? Did you just kind of search the web? I mean, where did you get some of that information when you're going in to, to do that? You know, I'm pretty lucky in the fact that I have a tremendous amount of friends that have either run the race or, you know, that I could lean on to, to seek some information from. And one guy, uh, man, he's one of my best friends. Uh, Sean Nakamura has done it all four years. He's run the Tahoe 200, and he's actually the one that I paced the previous year. So I, I truly recommend that if anybody is wanting to do a 200-miler, that they go and experience it in some way. Um, by crewing, by pacing, to really see what goes on for those three days. Um, so I really pulled a lot from my experience the previous year, um, along with, again, just kind of chatting with, uh, you know, the individuals that, that are, you know, close to us. Gotcha. Now, far as, you know, when you do a 100-mile race, I mean, that's the only thing I can compare this to. I've never even realm thought of this but i mean feet and just your normal running stuff you know blisters and and chafing i mean was that just compounded even that much more on this race or were you kind of are you more dialed in with how you your body handles that stuff yeah you know it was kind of funny i thought that uh, i was pretty well um, secured in, in kind of gear i had and the preparation and I knew that I had to, to do plan B, plan C, plan D. I knew that was going to happen. But also, there was things that happened during the race that has never happened. Uh, chafing was actually one of those things where it doesn't happen. And, man, it was brutal uh, because you're just out there for so long. You know, you're pushing pretty hard. There's, what, over 40,000 feet of climbing in the race. And so there's a lot of those things, the dust specifically in Tahoe was a killer for me. Um, having allergies was one of the reasons why I had 18 hours worth of stops. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, it's just really going with the punches and knowing mentally uh, that you can get through whatever situation. 
um, you know, it rises. But I did have my low points, probably the lowest I've ever had, but the highest I've ever had as well. Um, you know, you don't have cell phone reception out there. And if I did have cell phone reception, I probably would have made a few phone calls to Uber or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's really, honestly, your, your head's going through so much. It's like, man, if I could just get a hold of somebody to come pick me up. Um, but uh, luckily that didn't happen. So, so, so did you, did, on this one though, did you have your, your crew and pacers and people set up to help you through this race? Yeah, you know, like every race, right? A couple months, you're, you're kind of setting everything up, dialing in your pacers, making sure everything, everybody knows what's going to happen during this, you know, three, four day ordeal. And uh, it fell through for me. Um, I had three guys that were going to help me, um, just couldn't do it. And so I went into the race a day before with zero pacers and crew. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it was pretty incredible, but I was fortunate enough to have some amazing uh, friends that I run with, and they're really good ultra runners, um, step up. I had one buddy drive from San Francisco uh, down and surprised me, and he he saved my race. He truly did. It was at about 100, and I think, 10 miles, and all of a sudden, he shows up, and he <laughs> paces me almost the rest of the way. It was amazing. Wow. So uh, it was kind of like a trail you know, Angel kind of came and helped me out. But, you know, again, going back to your question about really planning things out, man, you just got to really roll with the punches um, and know that whatever comes up, that you got to find another way. Yeah. And you got to get it done. So that's, that's, that's incredible. Um, you know, like I said, you know, just not 100 mile distance because you, you know, people that use crew and pacers, I mean, there's split charts and, you're going to be here when, and you know, there's that whole different level of anxiety, uh, just there. And I couldn't imagine the day before a 200 miler when you're kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm on my own and, uh, hopefully <laughs> aid station's going to hook me up. Yeah. You know what though? Honestly, I don't really think about it that way. I mean, I pace and crew and, and volunteer as much as anybody, but really if you are in a race and you don't have those things available to you, you still do. You still do truly have the 140 other runners that are out there with you. And yes, we got spread out, but I made some amazing connections with guys that, you know, now I can call my friends and, you know, we shared hundreds of miles together, which is an amazing thing to experience with somebody that you've never met. And so I kind of, that was my mindset, right? Hey, I didn't have the crew or pacers, but I knew I was going to have some people out there looking after me. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, we've, we've talked about this on the show before, but I think that's what's so amazing about this this trail or ultra community is that's pretty much at any race you go to, whether you have someone with you or not, you walk away with all these new friendships because at the end of the day, regardless how fast, regardless how slow, you've all put the work in to be where you're at and you all go through the exact same thing. You go through the same distance is the same for everybody the the climbs the same for everybody the issues can be the same for everybody so that's you know that's that's a great point for the people out there that may be nervous about heading into a longer race whether it's a 50k 50 mile um you're gonna find somebody that's pretty close to your pace that you can team up with a little bit and and uh, work through it yeah no definitely um really like i said it's enjoy that journey i know we hear that a lot but uh it's one of those things where I will always go back searching for more of that adventure and that journey. And so you say you're going to be running it again this year? 
Uh, that's my plan. And you know what? I have big goals in mind, but uh, as you may know, I mean, elevation culture uh, is a big undertaking and it takes up quite a bit of my time. And, you know, the the biggest thing for me is getting out every day and trying to run. And, you know, as a, as a up and coming entrepreneur, it's, it's a little bit difficult at times. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll let you know, uh, keep you posted on that. So, and you, and you just brought it up. I mean, you are the owner, the founder and designer, um, at Elevation Culture. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's actually amazing when I hear that, that it, it's real, it's here. And I always have to have friends around me and mentors that say, Hey, you gotta really step back and see like what you truly uh, have and what you're trying to do. Um, and take that in. And it's, it's the same thing as I really bring it into that, that running uh, portion of my life. And it has parallels. Um, but yeah, I started it about two years ago now. Um, and the story's kind of funny of how it kind of became. Um, so San Diego hundred was my second hundred miler. And of course we all know we get a buckle, right. For, for running hundred miles. And um, I do come from a, a, a town of Western, you know, there's a lot of cowboys and stuff, but I'm not one to really wear a belt buckle. Um, so I wanted to display it somehow and, and really have that, that piece on the wall that said, I did it. Yeah. And uh, so I, yeah, so I came up with this idea and this is how it began. I strictly just went to Lowe's, got a piece of wood and I could draw fairly well. Um, and I took the elevation profile of the race and I mapped it out on this piece of wood with the ink pen. And then I said, okay, well, maybe I can make this look a little bit more like a mountain scene um, in a very artistic way. And then I'm going to put that buckle on that piece of wood and display it in my house. And so I did that. And, uh, you know, the power of social media, I, I took a photo, not knowing anything, <laughs> just posted it. And, oh, man, I opened the floodgates. Uh, I had a a bunch of people contacted me and said, Oh my God, that's amazing. Can you make one for me? I said, sure, I guess I can. Um, and that was the kind of first thing that I created, um, just for fun. And, um, there's a lot of people out there that have their originals, which I'm always, you know, they always tell me like, Eric, I have your original artwork and uh, it's awesome to hear. Um, but, uh, so how does that translate into what we do now? I mean, really, it came down to a couple things. Um, you know, me being from Northern California, uh, I had a buddy that I started ultra running with that started a company at the same time called San Joaquin uh, Running Trails. And um, he puts on about 10 trail races uh, a year. Um, and they're all different distances. He even has a hundred miler. And uh, he said, hey, can I use that artwork for an award? And I made a couple and I gave it to them and, you know, the response was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, that was my first race that I did and, uh, it really truly brought me into marrying my both my passions for running and for design. Cause I have a design background and, um, I had a race director here in Southern California next. Can you, she asked me, can you make a medal? I said, I guess I can try. <laughs> so again, I went to Lowe's, right? I got a saw, I got some wood and I was in my living room sawing wood, right? Uh, putting varnish on things. And of course that wasn't a great thing to do in your living room, but that's how it started. 
Um, it was just me saying, yeah, I'll try this. I'll put my creative spin on it and see what happens. And, and it worked and it was amazing. And, um, that was the beginning and that's how it all started. So, so what were you doing before all this? Did you have, uh, you know, a, a nine to five type job? Did, what were you doing before this kicked off? Yeah. So, um, the reason I moved to San Diego was I, I got a job working at the largest running store pretty much anywhere. I won't name names, <laughs> but I got, I was working at a running store, uh, here in San Diego at their headquarters, um, for about two and a half years. And myself, I love helping people. Um, I'm a U.S. track and field certified coach. Um, I coach on the side and it's always been, you know, a part of me every day to touch somebody in terms of helping them, you know, inspire them and or help them, you know, create a goal and or accomplish it. And so, yeah, it was grinding away at the running store, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And, you know, I still wanted to help people, but I wanted to do it in a different way. And I took that leap. Um, you know, I didn't have anything to start the business. I had no clue how to do it. Um, and I kind of just jumped head first and it was the best thing I could ever have done. Um, that was kind of the, the jump off point, if you will. What well, I mean, what you do, I mean, how did you ramp up? I mean, from going to Lowe's with a saw, um, because I've gone on your website. I mean, that's how I found you. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. I think it was through social media. I think yeah. a post of some sort. And immediately I'm like, I got to get a hold of this guy. This is incredible. This is just next level kind of so much more ties into the trail running community. What did you do to take that next step? I mean, from a saw and varnish in your front room to, hey, let's let's go full time. Yeah, it really was an evolution. Again, very much translating into the trail, um, you know, racing um, and running. It was an evolution. I, I just took it really as I owned it. Um, and I really didn't have to do much, to be honest with you. I let it speak for itself. I was just getting contacted left and right from races that were like, Hey, can you do this? And of course I would say, yes, you know, me being me, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll try it. And, um, it's really been that grassroots type of environment. And I still, you know, to this day continue to really uh, own that grassroots piece of it. And, uh, it's incredible the amount of people and emails and phone calls that I get every day from, you know, our fellow community ultra runners saying, Hey, I love your stuff. Just like you did. Um, what do you think about this? You know, can we, can we do something different? And so that's where I think, uh, elevation culture has really, um, begin to blossom is from that creativity and also from who we are. Um, you know, I have some full time employees that help me. Um, of course I design everything and, and build them, but also I have a team of ultra runners and athletes that, that help create these things. And I think that's where, again, we're probably um, bar none the best because we have athletes handcrafting uh, everything that goes to every runner. And uh, I'm proud to say that that's the way that will continue to stay. So you started this solo. What's your, what's your team consist of now people-wise? You, how many people you got working with you? Um, currently, right now, we have two full-time employees. Uh, and we have some part-time to help us out when we get you know, really big orders. But I also am bringing in, um, it's kind of crazy to think about this, uh, a director of operations. Wow. It's kind of funny to me, right? Because 
I'm, you know, I come from just like a startup essentially is what we are. And, uh, you know, I'm throwing around these big titles and it feels really weird, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm bringing somebody in to help just the growth. Um, and, and here's my thing. I want to be able to, to be the one that you see at every trail race, uh, every mountain sport there is, we really want to be, be bigger than a lot of, um, a lot of brands out there. That's the goal. Um, and so in, in order to get there, we got to have the right people to, to help us do that. And it is the community. It's, it's the ultra and trail running community. Um, these guys are super passionate. You know, they're here at five in the morning cranking away and it's amazing to see and they inspire me every single day so that's kind of the the flow of elevation culture right now as it is um you know we do about 40 races a month now it's quite a bit wow well and and i think that's that's the neat thing is for people that aren't aware um you know just go to elevationculture.com you do you do medals um you know you do awards that are unreal like that's the next step we're definitely taking here over at trail manners um, but the other cool thing you do, and I, I see a lot of this more and more, is people looking for someone to help them with a, a logo. And that's something you guys also dive into, right, is help design and, and do that, correct? Yeah. And so, again, that's that's my background, right, is the design piece of it. And so that's kind of my passion when it comes to how can I take my love of running and put it into a design where people could look at it and say, I know where that came from. You know, I want to be a part of whatever event that is because of where it came from. And, um, you know, the logo piece of it is something that comes natural to me. Um, and it's, it's authentic, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And we put that mountain inspired design into everything we do um, because it's a part of us. So yeah, podiums, um, you know, I have, bottle opener wooden bottle openers i mean pretty much whatever you think of we've probably done and and it's probably going to get bigger that's awesome because that's you know that's when we first contacted you we wanted something different right we were kind of the same boat we were kicking off this trail manners podcast it was it was new it was kind of our quote unquote business uh we wanted to be a little different and we thought man we want to throw something on our shop or, or hand out to some of our guests and so we had you come up with an idea um, and you designed it, not just the, the look, but the logo of a coaster, um, for us. And I've got one right here sitting on my desk. I, it's kind of, to me, just a sweet piece because we've used this logo again. Um, but man, you were all over it. I mean, you just, and I think the best part about it is I'm not a design guy. Like I can't tell people exactly what I want. I say, okay, I like mountains. Um, I like a trail. We've got a bus and you're like, got it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. What you came back to us with, I was blown away. Me and Joel were like, "Oh, this is sweet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because a lot of a lot of race directors will say, "You know, I'm not creative," um, and that's where I'm like, "Don't worry about it." You know, I will come up with something. If you have a few ideas, definitely shoot them my way. But really, just let me kind of work with what my vision may be for, for what you're looking for. And I'm telling you, it's amazing, the, the race directors that we work with. But, you know, 99% of everything that we create is, is from us, you know, it's from my design. Um, they let us run with it. And it's amazing. I love that part of it. But um, it's funny. Yeah, again, 
people say I'm not creative, my first answer or first question would be, you know, do you run or go for a run? (laughs) Then you might be a little bit more creative, right? I do a lot of my thinking on on a run. And we have trails right on the back of our warehouse, which I use as much as I can, so... Well, and I think I think that's what's so unique about this is <clears throat> there is different companies and businesses and everything else, but when you're kind of that trail running or ultra running culture, there is that, and I, I we use the word, and it's you have that vibe, right? I mean, it's it's it is what it is, and where you and mm-hmm. your team there have that background, it's almost like you know exactly what people are talking about, you know exactly what people are looking for because that's who you are. Right. It's not you're not a, yeah. you know, a CEO from a IT company that just likes to woodwork and, and stuff. You actually have that love and passion for what you're not only designing, but who you're designing for. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it it goes back to we work for for the athletes. We work for the runners. Um, that's the way I feel about it. You know, when we create a medal for a race. You know, we're really thinking about, you know, this person's going to maybe run their first ultra and we want to be a part of that. I want to be, you know, we get to go to a lot of races and I hope we can more in the future. We actually get to see firsthand what it truly means to them. And it's not about the medal. It's about what comes from the medal, right? It came from us, you know, the community, the trail runners, and it's going to somebody that is going to have a future in it. We're trying to help. Um, as a smaller business within, you know, our sport, we're trying to help grow it really. And that's my goal is to continue to get everybody to get on the trail and uh, take that next step and feel what we feel when we cross the finish line. And uh, I love when I get to put a medal around somebody's neck that I, that I created. It's, oh man, it's an amazing feeling. We have so many amazing stories that, you know, we would love to tell about, you know, those situations. Um, real quick, I had a friend that he ran his first 50 K and it was the first medal I ever created actually for that 50 K. And, um, you know, it wasn't my best work. Oh man. It was, it was, it was the one I, I sawed and painted in the living room, but, uh, he remembers and he tells me the story that, you know, he remembers me running out a mile to run him in, you know, videotaping him. Right. And he's just so tired and, and hurt and he was so mad and I can't remember what he said but he said something effective like leave me alone <laughs> or you know he had that stone cold face right he just wanted to get it done but then when he crossed the finish line I gave him a big hug and I, I put that medal around his neck and he said every day I get to look at that on my wall and I remember that moment that I had my one of my greatest accomplishments and you were a part of that and man that gives me chills right now just thinking about that yeah. and uh really that's that's why we do it really when it comes down to it it's not about the metal yeah i mean really i want to make something cool for everybody but at the same point in time it's so much more than that well and and the way i look at it too is you know we've we've all done races we've all done you know events if you will um where you get a medal or you get a finisher's prize or or whatever it is and there's some like the the uh traditional metal that are made of metal um but there's a lot of them that look the same. Um, it's color, you know, and you see a lot of people put them in a drawer, put them away. Um, the stuff you make is completely different, right? And the fact that it's stuff you want to showcase and not, it's maybe not necessarily, oh, look, I did my first 50 mile or my first 100K or, or whatever it is, but it's it's art, right? And so when I put my stuff, like yeah. I tell you, I've got 
three pieces on my desk, right? Or two pieces on my desk, one hanging because that's how many things you've done for us. I don't look at it as, oh, this is like my coaster. You know, I look at it as that's my company, uh, the Trail Manners podcast, but it's also, you know, it's a piece of art and people come and look at it like, oh, cool. Where'd you get that? Um, And I think if you've made these accomplishments and you're able to display those, it's a piece of art, but you do get those every once in a while when you glance at it, you get that memory, you get that nostalgia back. Um, and it's not, you know, prefabricated or, or anything else that came from, from somebody else that, that dug in and got after it. And that's why I'm just so like into what you're doing is because I just see this whole gamut that you guys can cover um, that just makes people happy. Yeah, no, definitely. That's again, why I get up in the morning and, and we work long hours, believe it. Um, you know, as somebody that is, is really, like I said, that word, that entrepreneur word, um, is very much like that. And it's, I really think about it's to me, ultra training, right? You know, it's the same thing. It's you're putting a lot of hours, a lot of time on your feet. Um, but it's all at the end of the day, rewarding, just knowing that, you know, you've, you've been a part of somebody's journey. And uh, I think that we're only going to get bigger um, in, in a lot of different ways that I think that we haven't even thought of yet. And really, it comes down to how do we service uh, everybody, right? Um, we have a lot of cool ideas uh, in the pipeline that you'll probably see pretty soon. Um, but we just want to be a part of what's going on in our, our sport right now. You know, there's, like I said, there's a lot of smaller companies coming out that, that we partner with, um, such as you guys that we want to help along the way. Um, so that's super important for me. Well, and, and like you mentioned, that's, the, you know, that's the other reason is we saw, you know, who you were, uh, what you did. And so we had our little trail running festival in May. Um, so we had a film night and we're like, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, we didn't budget for everything, but we wanted to make this event something people wouldn't forget. We wanted to make it like first class, and in order to do that, we wanted to pull out as many stops as we could. So we had to design um, a little piece uh, of the Ogden Trail Running Festival with our logo, uh, with the bus on it. And we just gave those away to everybody that came to the film. And part of it was we want this to be a quality experience. And Joel and I are animate that we will not brand, we will not sell, we will not give away junk, right? Um, could yep. we get stuff for super cheap and give away? Absolutely. But... It's at the end of the day, it's our name, and we want our name to be associated with cool quality stuff. So we had to do this, but what blew me away that I was just giddy over was the next day our race. You did our race medals, um, and to give you a quick story, the the race was the Gib Wallace Memorial Race, and Gib Wallace was uh, a gentleman in our area here in Utah, an Ogden area, that was the godfather of the trail system. Um, he is one of my heroes for sure for what he's done. And so me and Joel started this uh, race and a lot of his family members were involved. And when you designed this medal, and it's actually on your website, um, ironically enough, um, it's just, it, it captures everything. And so when his family saw it, when his, they were just blown away. They were expecting, when we said medals, they were expecting a cheap, you know, metal or plastic, you know, metal. But when they saw, <laughs> yeah, when they saw what you did, um, you know, the, the design we had, we gave you no direction. All right. I said, I want a cool metal. I gave you zero direction. And when you came out with this piece, I mean, it, it couldn't have hit home or, or hit a home run any better than it did. And so to have that connection with his family, his, his grandkids, his, 
nieces, his, you know, all of his family members, they were just over the moon with it. And for us, it was like, wow, we, I mean, I don't care about the rest. That was perfect. So, I mean, that's kind of what you bring to the table though, is a lot more of that personal touch. Wow. That's an amazing story. I'm surprised you haven't shared that with me before. Uh, yeah. That it, again, it gives me chills just listening to, um, again, that, that piece of it's just so much more than, you know, that, than that metal. And, um, really it comes down to, it doesn't have to be complex, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, this really expensive material that you can only get in certain places. And, um, you know, really it's just, it's made with that passion, um, of the mountains, um, of what we do and what we want to accomplish. And, uh, I hope that uh, we continue to find those stories and really share them because I think they're important um, because that's what keeps our trails going and keeping them, you know, alive and able for us to, to get on them every day. Yeah. And, and, and I can't stress this enough. I mean, here at Trail Manners, myself, Joel, we've got nothing invested, nothing, but I cannot stress if you do a race, if you're a race director, if you do or planning to do a race, if you know a race director, man, you need to get on Elevation Culture and check out what Eric and his team, they do because it's so much better than 90 plus percent of what you're going to get at a finish line. Um, and if I'm in a race and I finish a race, I know what I've put into it. It's always nice to have a memento from that race, whether it's a medal, whether it's a coaster, um, whatever it is. But man, I can't encourage if you're listening to this show, um, check these guys out. Um, it's, it's well worth it. Um, and even on the, another note is we had Anna Frost and Solomon was our title sponsor for the event and you made us and I'm talking about within two days because we were behind and didn't think of it in time some killer plaques and when I handed them to both Anna Frost and to uh, Mike Ambrose at Solomon they were like wow this is awesome like they were like well, yeah we we get stuff sometimes from companies or or whatever but this is something we would actually put up <laughs> and I thought wow, wow that's yeah. amazing yeah I mean and it wasn't but it was that person. I mean, the wood obviously kind of goes into the background of trail running and, and the people that are involved in it. But that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want to give them something that we would know would go into a drawer or in a garbage can. We thought we want to give them a piece of art. And so when we handed them to them and said, hey, we wanted to give you something to thank you. They both of them were like, wow, this is actually something we would, you know, hang up as opposed to, you know, whatever they do with what else they get. So. Um, it's also great yeah, definitely. stuff like that. So, and you, you came through with flying colors on that piece for sure. Well, I'm glad that, uh, we can help out definitely. And, and again, it comes back to, uh, anything is possible. Even, you know, we do get some inquiries that are a few days prior to an event. I mean, look, that stuff happens and we understand. And, uh, I don't want the runners to go without anything. Right. So we're going to do whatever it takes. Uh, to ensure that, you know, your experience, because that's really what it's about, is top notch. And, you know, we want to be a part of that. And if we have to grind away, you know, night after night, we're going to do that to help you and team up and really give everybody the best time they can have uh, at your event. And in your eyes, I mean, it's hard sometimes because you you are the, the man behind the scene. But how has Elevation Culture been received? I mean, are you... Do you sometimes have a have to pinch yourself to say, "Wow, I can't believe," you know, from from a look from a Lowe's front room to where I'm at now? I mean, how has it been received through the community? 
it's it's a little bit man again it's kind of that one thing where i have to pinch myself and really this is what we're doing right now and uh, i still see it as a process right one foot in front of the other you know i have that mentality just to keep going and every single day it's something different it's something challenging right like that next you know, peak that you got to climb over and you know what's on the other side, you know, it's a, an amazing downhill single track section. And uh, I know those things are going to come. And so, you know, the receiving end is, man, the, it's amazing. Like I said, those stories that we get are, are what makes it all worth it. And, um, you know, again, it's strictly grassroots. We're, we're not going to be that company that does those advertisements. We really want to keep this you know, very intimate because that's what our races are about. And, uh, you know, we receive emails all the time and, and the phone calls and uh, just like, hey, I saw your stuff or, hey, the race director from this race recommended you. Um, and that's cool that, that the other race directors are actually doing that. You know, they're not selfish saying, oh, I'm going to keep Eric for myself yeah. and, and the cool things that he's done. I did have that happen actually a couple of times and I was blown away. They're like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna share share where I got my stuff from, and I was like, okay, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's we've learned some cool things along the way, and we're still learning. Um, and I think that everybody understands that process because of who we're working with and who our you know our audience is. And so, like I said, we're you know hitting 40 races a month, climbing uh, continuously, and it's only going to get bigger. And, um, I hope that we can keep just, like I said, giving amazing experience to everybody, no matter how many races we do a year. Um, it's always going to be that same level of commitment and that same level of handcrafted from an athlete. Yeah. Our, our roots. Well, and I think again, that's, it's, it's so noticeable. Like when you get the piece, it's not, you know, mass produced, so to say, I mean, there is a personal touch and it, it's very noticeable and it's very obvious, um, you know, kind of what goes into it, the quality behind it. And then just, again, there, there, it's art, you know, and I think that's at the end of the day, it's, it's something you can keep and, and look at and have that nostalgia, you know, to remember, like you said, you know, when we brought it up earlier, oh man, I got chills think about 18 hours in aid stations, but those type of things help that, uh, that thought process go. So when I, when I come down to San Diego next, do I get a tour of the facility? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we're actually trying to make this space, uh, a space where everybody can come and hang out. Uh, we're going to start a local, you know, trail run from here. And, uh, again, people can come and look at the process. And I think that's kind of cool as well that you can come and actually see your metal being made. And, uh, I, I don't know where you can get that. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are, what are some, uh, what are some can't miss trail runs in San Diego? Oh, wow. That's kind of hard. And believe it or not, people think San Diego, it's a beach, you know, city, but we actually have the best of both worlds because we have, um, Cuyamaca state park, you know, you can get above 6,000 feet. Uh, that's where the San Diego 100 is run. That's where the PCT is. Um, and then you go 30, 45 minutes down the road and you're at the beach. And so I think we have an eclectic piece of, of, of runs just spread across that area. Um, and again, I think it's that, that type of race, right? 
so the type of runner that's out here is a lot of older type of races um, that's been around forever, and that is the coolest part. And so you can go and get your mountain race at the San Diego 100 or the PCT 50 miler, which is an amazing race um, that you can you know get to check out the PCT uh, 50 miles of it. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, we actually have a lot of races that are in the Anza Borrego Desert. So you're running through the desert, but then you get into this alpine section when you climb 2,000 feet. And so I think that's the cool part of it. It's really you get all those different types of environments that makes the race just that much more enjoyable. Uh, that's, that's, that's amazing. That uh, PCT50 is definitely one that's uh, been on my list um, to check out because I'd love to come do a race down there. I've had friends come down and do the San Diego 100. I've had friends do like Avalon, um, you know, obviously not in San Diego, but um, I definitely would yeah. like to get an excuse to come down there and then uh, a little uh, recovery on the beach, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. It's uh, like I said, we have snow a lot of times in those mountains. And like I said, you drive 40 minutes down the road and then you're at the beach when it's just amazing weather. So. That that's hard to fathom, but uh, that would be super cool. Well, man, Eric, I can't I can't tell you how much we appreciate everything you've done for Trail Manners. Um, again, it's it's what we were looking for um, to kind of go along with what we do, and the stuff is just quality. Like we have no problem sending this stuff out to people. We we proud to to do it because it makes us look good too. So I first of all appreciate everything you've done for us, um, but also. I think, you know, I speak for many and especially myself, but appreciate everything you've done for the trail running community um, because what you've done is taken that small business entrepreneur attitude, made something super cool out of it, but it's also something that's benefiting, you know, thousands of other people. Oh, I, I appreciate that and I'll take that with me the rest of the day and uh, it's, it's more of an opportunity to just give everybody the best thing we can. Well, we, we appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time. I know you're busy, you know, cranking out uh, awards and medals for everybody. But uh, again, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, kind of share your story a little bit. Um, would love to keep uh, keep in touch to see what happens this, uh, you know, September if you jump back out to the Tahoe 200. Uh, so you have to keep us posted on that too. No, definitely. I appreciate it, guys. And, um, you know, hopefully we can make it out to a race uh, in your area soon and um, have some stories to tell. That'd be awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Eric. Thanks again. Uh, good luck with the future. Um, I know it's bright. It's going to be huge for you guys because you just do things the right way and for the right reasons, which is a big part of the battle. Uh, thanks again for taking the time to join us, and we'll talk to you later. All right, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Eric Chrisman from Elevation Culture for joining us today from San Diego, California. You can check more of Eric and his gang out at Elevation Culture on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Trail Manners, or you can swing by our website at trailmanners.com. There on the store page, you can check out some swag and rights and some limited edition gear from Elevation Culture. Or you can hit us up on the contact page, let, you know, let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it. <laughs>